Good morning, day or night, wherever you're in the world. Welcome to the Survive and Drive podcast. Today, we are discussing the Miami Grand Prix and the recently canceled Imola Grand Prix. This is your favorite source of American-based F1 conversation, presented by me, Alex, and my co-host, Tyler. Let's race into it. How do I do a wet... I don't know. I feel like that's, that's, that was good enough right there. What's a boat sound like? Um, We could play... No, nah, it's going to have all the other audio in it. You're just whooshing by. Speaking of boats, this is random. Did you see that tiger shark attack that boat off Hawaii? Stop that. I don't need to think about that before I head over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are talking Miami and Imola today. We're just going to keep that intro as is because that was a good. It's a good intro to this weekend. Yeah, which is this. Well, it's just a good intro to recap these past two weeks, which have been pretty empty. Gloomy. Um. So we'll start with Miami here. So this was, I guess, two weeks ago now, but um, it was a it was a, a pretty interesting week. And I think I think they, uh, as always with the American races, they really livened it up. You had the it, the intros this year with the orchestra, which like that was kind of electric. LL Cool J. Yeah, I would agree. So a lot of people, a lot of the British fans, a lot of the overseas fans, I'm going to call you guys out here and. A lot of the drivers did not like yeah. this and thought it was like overdone. Most of the drivers. And then there was a few that enjoyed it. You know, said like, why does this race deserve this over the other ones? And like to that, I said, like, every race has its own opportunity to do whatever intro it wants to do. Yeah. So I thought it was electric. I thought the orchestra was electric. Mm-hmm. You knew they were going to do this. This was only Miami. Uh, they do, they've done stuff like this at Austin before. I don't know Vegas what people think is going to be... happen at night at Vegas. Come yeah. on. I mean, seriously, guys, like, it was fun. It was a good time. Is an electric start to the race. Um, I think in general, if I had to rate the overall quality of the whole weekend, I'd give it like a seven. I think. I think quality was exciting for a lot of reasons. You mm-hmm. had Lewis out in Q two. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the McLarens looking horrible again. You had the Leclerc. Leclerc actually looking on potentially for pole again. This potentially still a pole. He was right up there on pace he and was then rapid, yeah. completely bottled it in qualifying. And then we had a crazy order start Sunday because of that because of Leclerc's red flag you had Max starting P9 and just a really mixed up order I think you and I both thought Perez gonna walk away with this one we were hoping we were hoping <laughs> we were hoping to so we could say Sergio Perez world championship leader after it yeah and Max obviously had the trouble with his first lap in Q3 and so you know didn't get the time in for that first run and then that second run got cut short because he went out a little bit later than Charles yeah. so uh he was Farther back in the order, but wasn't held up hardly at all by the rest of the rest of the grid between him and, and Perez. So he was able to kind of take on a different strategy, which right at the right at the beginning of the race, I saw that tire strategy and I was like, uh oh, this is yeah, gonna me be too. this is gonna be yeah. the perfect strategy. And you know, not perfect, it wasn't flawless by any means, but you know, he got the job done pretty easily and uh, had the boots on to to take it home at the end after getting past Perez. Yeah, so I mean, we had a correct if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure we had a green track on Sunday too. I think it rained Saturday night. Yeah. So you had a green track. You had a track that has a new track. Surface. A new track surface. Yeah. You had a track that is very high evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had Max starting on the hards. Mm-hmm. And I, we, you and I both thought the same thing. I knew that too. I'm like, the Perez is going to be in trouble because Max is just going to go really long. Yeah. This track's going to be really tough for everybody at first. So like, and we saw that with the mediums not really performing that well, anyways. Yeah. And then we had a couple. I think it was was it Lando and someone else went in the softs or something and yeah it just didn't work at all. But a few guys um, in the back, yeah. So 
it worked out perfectly for Max right away. He was pretty much the only one in hard to start, maybe one or two other people at the back. But um, race is pretty much between him and Perez. So who was going to be to make the gap bigger, smaller, based on pit stops and stuff? Um, Leclerc and the Ferraris just had no pace when it got into the race. Yeah, Leclerc especially, but both Ferraris yeah. really struggled. Um, I will say the Mercedes seemed decent, but I think Hamilton had a lot of trouble trying to get through at the very beginning. The very beginning, yeah. And, and once he was able to turn his tires on after, I don't know, 10, 12 laps yeah. it was, he, he started roaring up the field. But, yeah, I mean, nobody's catching the Red Bulls. No. They were in a league of their own. They were passing in some weird spots. Oh, yeah. Just a, a wildly superior car. Uh, and it made for... A decent race. I mean, I we would, saw a lot of passing. We did see a lot of overtakes yeah. for Miami, and I think pretty yeah, standard yeah. overtakes though. I yeah, feel there, like was there was no, nothing. There was nothing crazy. I can't think of off the top of my head like Max had that a really was an nice real overtake. Yeah, uh, uh, at the that's turn seventeen. Is oh it? yeah, yeah, where he went. That's right. That's right. But overall, you know, I would say I, I would go even less than a seven. I think the you could even go qualifying like, was was pretty solid. The atmosphere as a whole was decent. The race was kind of... They need to make it a night eh. race. I think, you know, there's been a lot there's of talk about There's been a lot of talk about it. They, it. Miami has to be a night race. It I don't know. Wild. It has to be a night race. It has to be a night race. To me, it has to be a night race. And to me, overall, the track itself is kind of goofy. I don't really... Yeah. Like, they had an unbelievable opportunity to make this a street race in the city. Like, on the beach somehow. And I know people are going to say, oh, it's Miami. It's very busy and stuff. There are plenty, like, I'm talking all the way up through we're Fort We're going Lauderdale. to Vegas. You have just, oh, yeah, we're going to Vegas anyway. We're going down yeah. the strip in Vegas. So exactly. it's really not an excuse. But, like, they could have figured out a way. It doesn't even have to be the whole thing to somehow incorporate it at night mm-hmm. in the streets of Miami. I'm picturing, like, blue and pink neon lights, like that whole vibe and everything. It needs to be at night. The track looks, like, if you just watch an onboard, it looks like it has to be a night. Yes, it race. looks like it should be a night race. And it's, I think, maybe the glare off of the, the fresh water that they finally put yeah. in the marina there. <laughs> but who knows? Anyway, uh, I think it would be an awesome night race. I think yeah. the atmosphere is electric all weekend long, other than the prices for some of the, the things that we saw on Twitter and other social yeah. media sources looked a little yeah. aggressive. But hey, what do you expect? Um, but overall, yeah, I think the weekend would be... A lot more fun with a night race. Yeah. I think timing might be a little bit of an issue for some of the fans abroad, and, and you know, would that end up being a Monday morning? You know, race? though, I think about that, and then I say to myself, "Think about us That's for the true. rest of the races for the rest of the year." Yeah, because they were we got obviously F one got flack for when they scheduled the Vegas one scheduled for Saturday night actually mm-hmm. Vegas time at like ten thirty, mm-hmm. which for us is. 30 in the morning, I guess. Or no, maybe it's t- is it ten thirty our time, seven thirty them. It would be. Or is it ten thirty? I think later our time. It'll be about one a.m. Yeah, it'll be about one a.m. here. So like, that's still late for us. But like, people overseas are like, oh, it's six a.m. for me. Like, is, welcome to our life. That's, like, that's yeah. almost all of our races. Like, I'm yeah. I I think it's a it, it's a privilege to me if we get to watch it at nine a.m. If it starts at nine a.m., like, thank God, like it's not early. Like, yeah. Um, I get that for Miami, especially like if you do a night race, at, like eight o'clock then you're looking at like one or two in the morning for like england and all them but like on a it's one race on a, on a monday too yeah it's a little tough like i guess they could consider doing the vegas thing and moving it up a day and doing it saturday night yeah and just starting the weekend earlier i'm curious to see how that's gonna work um just from a, a fan perspective yeah does it like how does that work with so are we getting qualifying like friday night 
our time and then like Thursday is practices. It's got to be, right? I think so. Well, because uh, yeah. that's that's the reason they did it on Saturday is so that people overseas weren't watching it on Monday. Yeah, exactly. That's got to be the reason they're doing it on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I think I think the the on track action and obviously we haven't seen much of the track, but hopefully yeah. the, the on track action is decent. I think it's going to be more of a spectacle, more of a show than than anything to do with yeah. racing and uh obviously a direction that the sport's willing to head in but yeah we'll see if uh we'll see if it can live up to some hype i think it'll be the spectacle i think unless somebody's catching up to red bull too i mean that's one of the longest straights ever is down mm-hmm. the strip like yeah. they're gonna run away with that but um yeah I, mean, I think it'll be a spectacle still speaking of red bull let's i think we need to talk about this because i guess like we're kind of going all over the place with this pod but why not the race was kind of it was max and perez for those who didn't watch it, I mean, Max won it and ran away with it. It was uh-huh. there was can, no contest. We can go ahead and cover Imola too, real quick. Yeah, Obviously. Imola didn't happen. Thoughts and prayers, as we said before the show, to to everyone in Imola. Um, but that was insane rain. That well, was uh, yeah. and, I. That was ridiculous. And it was picked up probably Tuesday, Wednesday. You yeah, know, during the week that we saw that it was getting wet, and you know by. Come Wednesday night, Thursday, you couldn't even see the ground. It was completely at, covered at the, track, the track, yeah, or anywhere near it. And there was a river literally right next to the track. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely tough. I think they made the right call. Obviously, yeah. Um, I heard there's a possibility of redoing it after after Belgium in August or something. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to fit something in like that. Yeah. Especially, you know, they've already gone there. They're going to have to do something with the cost cap to allow teams to yeah to fit those logistics back in, but. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can make up for it. Obviously, a great track, and if we can get back to it, great. If not, then yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, but I think what you know, I just thought of. What'd you just think about? Just do a double race at one of the races this year. Just say we'll just do a double race, double distance. Call it call it a sprint race on Saturday. Well, yeah. So I'm trying to think. Well, Italy, no. So Italy is Monza. We have it's still in Italy. Yep. And then you can just take all the earnings from that week. I'm I'm not saying do it on two days. I'm saying do a double, like double distance. So just like one race, one non-stop. race. So like one race, like uh, Monza's what, like fifty something laps? Yeah, like fifty two laps or something. It's like a hundred and four lap race. But what you do then is, is you like, I think it'll be interesting because you basically are putting way more fuel in the cars. Like you're gonna have like, could we see like a six stop stop race or something like that? With like these Pirellis this year, it'll probably yeah, still be a one stop. It'll still be a one stop, but. I mean, that would be wild if we had, like, imagine the endurance leading up to that one, too. No drivers only like, yeah, we got, like, and for us at home, just four hours of it. Yeah. Like, just think about how wild that would be. A four-hour, that'd probably be a pretty boring track of a four-hour race. I but, mean, we'd have, what, four cars that are classified by the end of that? Yeah, I, I think you'd have a lot of DNFs. I think you'd probably have 10 DNFs, so you'd be down to 10. And then I think if things shake out the way they are, I think a couple have, laps down. I think you'd have everyone through, I think you'd have everyone through the Red Bulls. Lapped. completely lapped at least once yeah yep. and then you probably have whoever red bull whatever red bull is in first would probably be winning by i don't know two minutes three minutes ah uh, it'd be ugly it would be really ugly but it would be just hilarious to be like listen guys we're gonna do a 104 lap race at monza this yeah. year <laughs> um but yeah that's not much else from emma i think i don't know yuki had a lot of people cleaning up after yeah. Which is good to see. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, and there was talk about doing a boat race instead. Um, just to try to lighten the mood a little. There was there was there was actually legitimate chatter of doing like a virtual like uh, GP. Red Bull did did a uh, yeah. 
red line race. Yeah, red line yeah. race. Yeah. So like there was a, the talk of that. Um, Lando which, held a donation stream yeah. that was widely criticized for some reason. Yeah, what did something happen? I'm not, I didn't know. No, I, I, from what I saw online, people were criticizing it because he was trying to ask for subs and then he was going to donate based on subs, which I don't, I don't know if that's like a foreign thing, different places, but that feels pretty common around here. That's normal. Yeah. That's, he would just be taking the money he gets from the sub and donating it. And yeah. And he was, I mean, he was even asking people to donate directly to the link rather than to him and. I don't know why he was catching a lot of heat for that, and I think a lot of people online yeah. were confused. Yeah, he's about had a that. lot of funny moments on stream though, where he said things he shouldn't have said, and there's he, you know a lot of speculation around him this week, and uh, the ladies, the streams, you know. That's true. Shout out to, uh, I mean, tough weekend overall for Chelsea football. We'll it, just we'll yeah. leave it at that. Tough weekend for Chelsea and Leeds. I don't especially. know how many people. Well, Leeds too. Yeah, Tyler's a Leeds guy, so uh i mean tough even for listen for us for us liverpool guys too we had a draw this week first time in his seven matches we had won our last seven and you had to watch city. We had a draw and we had to watch city win and lift the trophy they're gonna they're gonna they lift, did it yeah. today so that was a little unfortunate you know i i was at least i don't know like you got you got one game Leeds, it's at least in a must win right i think you need this is talking soccer this is soccer <laughs> this is talking soccer <laughs> Leeds needs one win and Everton needs to lose and you're out of relegation. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Everton needs to lose their last two and you need to win their last one. Yeah. No. What are you gonna do? Do you pick a new PLT next year? Or are you just uh, a big? Are you just a big League One guy? Or whatever it's called. Hey, the championship. The championship. Championships have always been better. It's all about getting back next year. This is your Ted Lasso story. Hey, I get to watch my team go and win the league. Liverpool. It's gonna be a few years before you get to break back. We up could there. win the neat league next year already. We've come in like second place multiple years. One, one, won the Champions League and the league two years ago. Well, McLaren isn't coming close. Okay, let's yeah. get back let's to get the back, cars. Back to cars. Uh, I guess we should say that. So this is all over the place. But Zach Brown <laughs> coming out and saying you didn't see this that the start to McLaren's year hasn't been as bad as it looks. Quote unquote. That is a wild statement. They've been horrible. Like, it's the worst start they've had in six years or whatever. I feel like I understand where he's coming from and the fact that like the car it has potential in it. Yeah. And there's potential for points. It's been they've had some unlucky moments too. Obviously, yeah. we saw DeVries going to the yeah, back. Yeah, he might of be the worst driver of all time. We could not have been more wrong about our rookie driver predictions this we, year. We were pretty bad. We, had, it, we were pretty bad. Am I missing a rookie? It's Logan and DeVries, right? And then is there, who's a, is there a third? Piastri. Piastri. I think we all we both agreed Piastri would be pretty good, which he's been pretty decent. They have cars terrible. Hasn't he hasn't really bad. done anything yeah. good or bad. He's just kind of been neutral. We were so gung-ho. I thought DeVries was going to smoke Sonoda. I thought DeVries yeah. is going to run away with it. He's going to set the tone in that team. And then we thought Logan Sargent would stink. It's been the total opposite. Now, Sargent, that car is terrible, so I don't know. But he's been okay, at least. That's why, okay. Uh, while DeVries we're on has the, been terrible. While we're on the topic, yeah, DeVries has been awful. Good for Sonoda, actually leading He's the been great, and yeah. I feel like turning himself around. I know we saw in the drive to survive that, like, the middle of last season, he, yeah. was, he had supposedly turned it around. I think it really, you know, this year this he's, year he's really turned, turned it around. It on, yeah. so that's really good to see. In terms of Sargent, I think he's, you know, he kind of gives me Mick vibes in the fact that he's had some some crashes at yeah. very unfortunate times, and I think he has some some solid pace. He's obviously yeah. shown that he can, you know, make it out of Q one and, uh, and and do decent in yeah. in those kind of high pressure moments, but 
I'm, I, what really confuses me is the, the rumor that Toto Wolf was trying to replace yes. him with Mick because he's, he's not like replaceable yet. I don't think he's performed. He's no, you got to give him at least a season. Grid. He's not the worst driver on the grid, and you got to give him at least a season, in my opinion. Exactly. You have to give and, him at least a season. It's the same thing with, unless you are like dangerously bad. Yeah. Which we're kind of getting with DeVries right now. Yeah, a little bit. Unless you are crashing all the time, you got to have at least a season. Yeah. To see it out. I see what Toto's trying to do is just keep, because he's had that, like, when they, when they had Ocon a couple years ago, when Ocon was out for a year, they got him a seat yeah. the next year, and, like, he just wants to keep giving people seats. Yeah. Because it's a smart move on his part, too, because you can just keep getting the best reserve drivers in. Mm-hmm. Like, well, look, I always get my reserve driver a seat the next year. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, I get where he's going, but, like, I, like you said, I think him and Schumacher are pretty comparable. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that Schumacher did in his two years. That like would make me be like, yeah, you no, know, Sergeant needs replaced by him now. Like, yeah, give Sergeant a year, give him a chance. I think the interesting one is like, because you know how Marco gave DeVries like a, a yellow card, basically, being like, you better step it up, basically by mid year, like you're going to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And then the rumor replaced was Ricardo at first because he had a seat fitting with Alfatori, which would be that would be an electric team, him and Yuki together. That would be such a fun yeah, team. That would be a a but lot of fun to watch. That got displaced right away, and then we got to it's between Iwasa and somebody else. They tweeted it. Callum Ilot. Callum Ilot, yeah. Ilot and Iwasa for like that other seat. So yeah, that's probably who it'll be. Like based on, I mean, I would not be like DeVries has been. I mean, he's been historically bad. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's the, been, the the crash into back yeah. Orlando at Miami was. They are at the back of the... It's one thing if you're at the front and you're, like, really duking it out for the first lap. Yeah. They're at the back of the grid with all the cars in front of them braking. He knows this is going to happen. It's not a long run to turn one. Yeah. He it, just drives right into the back of them. Every driver was aware of yeah. the green track, the low grip, the, you know, just the surface, the yeah. new surface in general. And clearly he wasn't. And, yeah, bit him bad, bit Norris in the rear pretty quick. Yeah. But what do you think? Do you think he's? Do you think he's? Do you think we look up at after the summer break and the breeze is still here, or is he not here? I I I was thinking about this earlier. Who's the last driver that we saw get replaced midseason? I don't even know. Like it was definitely a Red Bull driver. Yeah, and I, I think oh it yeah, was, well it would have been Gasly. It was Gasly. Yeah, would have been Gasly. But it was with somebody already. Yeah, somebody already on the grid with Albon. But yeah, that yeah. was the last one. But I feel like the difference there though is he was on the main Red Bull team. Mm-hmm. Whereas DeVries is on Alpha Tori. And I understand that. I think. But I, also, Red Bull are not. They have a very short leash with their I drivers. Think, well, yes. Yeah, so, in general. So that's why I was asking because yeah. obviously it's Red Bull. I think there's definitely a chance. I think what's hit, what's getting to them the most is that Gasly is having some success over at Alpine and they kind of let him go to yeah. sign De, DeVries. And I think that's uh, kind of weighing on them a little heavier and weighing on, you know, DeVries has yeah. to figure something out. You know, he's also a very old driver, so it's not like you can let he's him like continue right? to develop that much. So, yeah, I could definitely see them moving on from him if he doesn't turn it around. And, I mean, really turn it around in a big way if he continues to have mediocre performances, which is difficult to do because that car is not good at yeah. all. So, yeah, and then with Sonoda actually performing Oh, he's been car, so much worse than Sonoda, too. It's been, it's been very obvious, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll see where we go, but... Yeah, constantly being out early and qualifying, you know, constantly getting Crashing. accidents. And, yeah. And in all sessions, it's been, uh, 
Yeah, it's been a difficult year, difficult start. For <laughs> it's been, for sure. I mean, it's just been, we couldn't have been more wrong. We could, hand up, we could not have been more wrong. I mean, we like, said Mercedes was going to win the championship, so it was a really Yeah, we did, we did, we did. But, I, I mean, who would have thought they would have messed up two years in a row? I will say, to There's, Mercedes' point. Maybe they, the new package. Maybe the new package. I'll say one because they're introducing that at Monaco, which is, I mean, not the greatest track. To yeah, that's something, a weird but, one. Uh, it was supposed to introduce it at Emola, but yeah. that uh, couldn't happen, obviously. So I think the interesting thing with uh, um, Mercedes is, is in terms of points, if you look at where they're at team-wise, I think they're like one or two points either ahead or behind where they're last year. So they're pretty much the same total points as last year. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same thing, right? Like the only difference – like. They're third, I would say, right now. Average, if you average it out. I think there's some, we- like, just where they qualify and stuff. I think you could say they have the fourth best car. But yeah. Ferrari has so many issues all the time. I'd probably put them fourth right now in terms of, like, yeah. if, you had to, if you had to have me, yeah, if you had to have me bet on the race, like, where are the drivers, who's going to score the most points in a weekend? In order, I'd say Red Bull, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, like, in that order for, like, the total points score. And honestly, it's tight with Aston Martin. Yeah, it's only Stroll, one driver. Yeah, it's just one driver. Time. So, like, Mercedes is at the same point as last year where they're not good in qualifying. Their race pace, is, race pace and strategy and stuff is much better. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep floating around the fourth to sixth range for their yeah. drivers in the races. And then when there's mishaps with the Ferraris or the Aston Martins or potentially a Red Bull, you're going to see you got some podiums then. Until yeah. the package gets up, though, this just feels like I thought, okay, last year, like, they just got it wrong. They're going to move away from this no side pods thing, and they'll. there's no way they'll mess up two years in a row. Yeah. But I'm starting to think it's the same thing as, like, the first, like, the main hybrid era from 2014 to 2021 where, like, Mercedes got it right right away. The rest of the teams didn't. And Mercedes had it right the whole time mm-hmm. and ran away with it all six years or whatever. Yeah, I'm afraid it's going to happen with Red Bull where no one can figure it out. And... um well, I want to talk. I want you make your point. I wanted. To, I have a spiel I want to go on. Of. I don't know how I haven't brought this up in the pod yet, but I'll let you go first. I the, just remembered something. You know the cost cap blowback that they got. The, yeah. The penalties that they got. We were hoping that that would even further, you know, help out with uh, some cars catching up. And I don't think it's done anything. I yeah. I don't think it's done anything, <clears throat> which is really unfortunate to see. I think you know that could be a longer term effect to where yeah. you know closer to the end of the season they're running out of. That's what Horner was saying, but yeah, and. I don't know if that's going to change anything. You no, know? they're so far ahead. <laughs> and they're going to wrap up the, the team championship with, I don't know, could be one, Eight of, races the, to one go. of the earliest <laughs> ones ever. So, yeah, we'll see where that trends. I would like to say Aston Martin had a huge turnaround very quickly. I think uh, just a off-the-wall comment is uh, I think they're trying to kind of self-sabotage themselves going and getting a different engine. Not that the Mercedes engine is, you know, anything to be, like, super proud of this year because it's yeah. not outperforming any other cars. But, like, you're going to go try and make your own engine with Honda. Yeah, That's, they could be digging their own grave here. It's not it's not pretty, and it's not going to be as profitable as they think, probably. And uh, I think it's just going to be all around a bad move. But yeah, we'll see. Yes, okay. So that's a good point. I mean, I think... Aston Martin, I don't know. It could be, or it could be the best decision they've ever made, and they just go and dominate with Honda because Honda came in that one year with Red Bull, albeit now it's come out with the cost cap stuff. We don't really know. That's a whole different story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like it could be one of those. This is a random point, but like, it's like college football recruiting. Like, I feel like there's a potential 
the rise that Red Bull had from being a second or third place team for six years straight and then suddenly having an even car with Mercedes and then now having the best is sneaky. Sneaky. It's just interesting. I'll say mm-hmm. that. But um, I think so. What I want to talk about is um, something that I've read actually on Twitter a few, like maybe two months ago now um, or a month ago, right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, right at the beginning. So right after the first race. I don't know how I never brought this up. Uh, but basically, it was a thread on Twitter by some former, I don't know, he worked in the motor space or motorsport space as an engineer in some capacity. I don't know if it was F1 necessarily, but in some capacity. And he was basically talking about the cost cap and how the teams work and how things factor in. And so he was basically talking about how the point of the cost cap, as we all know, was to bring the teams closer together. So you shrink the cost cap down for the big, you shrink the max the bigger teams can spend so mm-hmm. that they're not way ahead of the smaller teams. Yep. And the goal of it is to be that all 10 teams are like, in a perfect world, all 10 teams would be even, mm-hmm. and anybody could win any race, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we all dream about. It's like just the best driver winning. Yep. Um, but what basically happened is, and what you had, what you had before was, um, and when there was really no cost cap or it was like way bigger, we we're always going to have, even with a cost cap, unless you bring it down to so low that every team has to spend the same. Yeah. Um, you're always going to have the bigger teams still being able to spend a little more because the smaller teams can't even get to the cost cap. Mm-hmm. So the way it was before, the cost cap was big enough to where, let's say, um, in the case of that series, you know, Mercedes ended up winning it, but you still had, they're dominating all those years. Other than 2016 when they won 19 to 21 races, every other year, Ferrari and Red Bull still had a shot, and you still had Ferrari and Red Bull winning races during the year periodically, right? Like Mercedes would win, I don't know, out of the 20 races, they win 12, and eight would be won by those other teams. And there was legitimate tracks and stuff that, you know, like 2019 where, I know Ferrari had the little cheating scandal, but they still won some races. Oops. You had different tracks where teams are better. Like at Red Bull is always really good, like, like 2018, 2017 at Monaco. Like they're always very good at Monaco, and yep. like Ricardo did really well there, stuff like that. Um, and the reason that was, and this guy talked about it, was because Mercedes clearly got it right with the cost cap, but the cost cap was big enough to where Ferrari and Red Bull and the other teams had enough that they could go back into the lab and basically be like, all right, we need to fix this, this, and this to match Mercedes. We still have the budget to do it. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Now the cost cap's too small to the where the point of the teams had the initial spending that first year of the new era mm-hmm. to be like, let's figure it out. Red Bull are the only ones that really got it right. Mm-hmm. And now the teams like Mercedes and Ferrari, who have the spending to do it, can't spend it anymore, even though they like could figure out this is what we need to fix, and they're trying to fix what they can within the budget. Yeah. This guy was like, they're not going to be able to like make the necessary changes to fully get there because they can't totally revamp like they would have been able to five years ago. And so his whole point was that like this cost cap has had the opposite effect of what they wanted because it's basically um, like nerfed the rest of these teams down mm-hmm. to where they can't actually make any changes of substantial amount yeah. to like catch up to them. And he was talking about like from his experience stuff, he's like, what's going to happen is, is you're going to have Mercedes and Ferrari like go back and forth and they'll get close at the end of each season. But then when the next year resets, because they haven't fully grasped it, Red Bull's going to come up with something new. And Red Bull's going to be like basically a step ahead or multiple steps ahead the whole time. Yeah. And if you had raised the cost cap even a little bit more, then you could have these bigger teams at least have the possibility of introducing something substantial enough to catch up to them or get even with them. And then you get better racing. And then this guy's basically like, and he was right about it. Like the beginning of the season, he had made this threat. He's like, 
if this continues and they don't change anything, like this gap with Red Bull is just going to get bigger and bigger, probably yeah. to the point where the end of this era in 2025, like they're going to win every race by a minute because they're never going to catch up. So I thought that was really interesting. Like so, the whole thread was like him basically describing like it's in, it's almost like the same thing as like if you had like you know if you have like um like cost cap in other sports in a way right like a a max you can spend on like in the NFL there's a the roster mm-hmm. like the amount max amount you can like spend on a roster and that's the same for everybody um but it's big enough to where in the NFL like you can go and get a superstar and there's loopholes and things around it and stuff there's a way to to stretch it and use graphics things like that and the same with the NBA to where you can have a team that was not good become good later on mm-hmm. you can have a team that can go all in for you like you had the rams in the super bowl a couple years ago when they went all in they stink now mm-hmm. but they went all in and got a championship you're never his point was like you're never going to get that or anybody catching up the way the thing is set up now because there's no wiggle room and i think part of that is because the technology piece the car all yeah. the innovations carry over yeah so much so they're you know it's not like you know in football yeah you have a roster that you're starting with but some of those players have to go. Some of those players' contracts will rise. Some will, you know, you still have to make trades. You have to make changes. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Red Bull doesn't necessarily have to do that. And the top people that they pay is off the book. So even if that's the case, you know, it's not yeah. an issue. So are you a, a proponent of uh, changing the rules or nerfing so Red Bull in a way? In my, idea, I have, in my idea of it, I don't think you nerf them. I think... The first year, they deserve it, right? So, like, I think each year should, in a way, be its own thing. So, like, that first year, they got it right last year. They deserved that championship. They ran away with it. They got it right. I know the regs aren't really changed that much to the next year. But then, I don't know. I, there's multiple ways you could do this. But, like, one way of you could do it is basically you either bring them down so they can spend even less than the rest of the grid. Mm-hmm. I know they do that via wind tunnel time and stuff, but cost-wise, you either bring them down yeah. Or I think it's a combination of other things. You get to bring them down some, and then you bring up, based on how, so like the 10th place team gets to spend even more if they can. Yeah. But it's really so that like the second, third, and fourth place teams, they get a little bit higher of a cap so that they can spend more. That way, when we come into the next year, they can be brought up a little more. And then, then once you get everybody even, then it's who's made the best car for that year. Yeah. Because when you, then you start flipping around. Like, so like, let's say, you know, you raise the money. Let's say last year happened, and you raise the money of Merck and Ferrari, and then let's say Ferrari's able to. Well, they found all that extra horsepower, but like, let's say they figured out reliability or whatever their issues are, mm-hmm. and they figured that out coming into this year, and then they dominate this year. Great, they dominated this year. Now you, they got more money this year. Now next year, Red Bull and Mercedes get a little more, mm-hmm. and then that's why you get the constant back and forth, and then you're going into each year with. You're never going to be able to get it perfect unless you bring it down to like so low that every team's the same resources. Yeah. But if we're going to keep it the same way it is now, let's at least make it so that these top three, four, five teams every year have an equal chance of, it's just a pure thing of like who made the best car for that year, for that year. versus Red Bull getting it right at the beginning, being so far ahead. And because of the way the cost cap is now, I think that's going to be like that the rest of the races. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. That's a possibility. I just yeah. think the guy's right in the sense that like, unless you find them, you're never going to find because they always say it, and Total always says it. You're never going. There's no magic bullet, and I think what he means by that, in a sense, is like there's nothing we can do. Like Red Bull got it right, mm-hmm. and like we can do our best to catch up to them, but like this is how it's going to be until yeah. there's a new shift in how the cars are. And then you like look at yourself and you're like, all right, like this is supposed to bring racing closer. Yeah, racing's gotten like 
Last year, I think it did get closer. We had a lot more fun racing and stuff. And then they like it got worse this year. We have worse racing this year. I think, I mean, in terms of the front of the grid, yeah. But I yeah. think still the the tenth through maybe. The oh no, I agree with teams. that. I think it's just for like what for what it like the meaningful stuff. Yeah. For the drive, what I want to see is I agree with you for qualifying is closer than it ever's been yeah. across the board. I agree with you on that. The problem is is the race pace. Yeah. And you can see racing at the back and stuff, but like for the title and stuff, and maybe some of it is like us being like a little privileged with what we got in 2021 and yeah. like how close it was. I'm not saying it needs to be that. I'm not saying it needs to be, I need two drivers tied on points going into the last race. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be that, but it, it shouldn't be where these, like it's one, you go into every weekend being like, well, who's going to come and, you know, let's hope Red Bull gets a DNF. So they're not a one, two, <laughs> no, like literally they're just going to get a one, two every race. Yeah. And I know the back of it's exciting. And for like true F1 fans like us, like we're going to get excitement out of that. But like, if you want more people to get into sport and stuff, like they don't care about that. Like, yeah. I, I've talked to like the people that are even like maybe semi-interested are on the border, yeah. right? Like, like our guy, Nate, I'm gonna give a shout out to Nate here. Nate is the most casual F1 guy ever, but he always asks me after every race, did Max win? Did yeah. Max win? Every single time. Did Max win? I bet Max won. Yeah, he's mostly he's right. like, what's the point in watching it if Max is just going to win? Yeah. And when Perez wins, it's like a little bit of a surprise, but like, I'm like, he has a fair argument where it's like, if you're not, if you're an outside fan and you might be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Unless you are a, like us, where you're into all the engineering and the data and the, everything specific about it, all of it. If you're just a casual fan, what would be the point of watch? Like that would be like going and being like, yeah, I'm gonna go watch like um, an NFL team play a college team every yeah. single week. Yeah, and you just know what the outcome's gonna be right away. Yeah. So like, it's a fair point. I don't know. It's just it's frustrating at the front because. And we I, know what's going to happen every race for the winner. There's no yeah. contest or drama there. And that's something that, you know, Stefan, Stefano Domenicali. Great. That was good. <laughs> that, I don't know if that's how you said That sounds, I don't I think that's right. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think that's something that's obviously on his radar, right? And he's talked about the potential of, of bringing them backwards or uh, bringing some other teams up in some capacity. But I think, you know, they obviously do have that built in kind of work around from, yeah. from first to 10th with a wind tunnel time. And I think that's the whole goal of that. And I think after two years, after three years, yes, we've seen one team get it right, but I don't think it's fully played itself out. And yeah, I see your argument to where like, I think it's just, yeah, it it's not going to get better yeah. necessarily because they got it right. Yeah. But I think the real battle, you know, that we have to look at is like second through fourth right now is super tight. That's true. And, and you know, Maybe it's a progress thing. Maybe it's we have to start with that, and then we start getting to the close ones. I don't know if it's something, too, that you give it a couple years and reevaluate. I don't know if it's maybe something where you look at these new – like, it seems like every set of regs is, like, six years or so they last. Yeah. I don't know if it's something, like, after three years, you do a hard look at, like, okay, where's everybody at? Like, how can we change things to bring people closer? I think that's a difficult thing to do as well, though, because – you know, the reason that they changed the regs was to have closer racing. So that yeah. was the goal here. And they did that by, you know, changing the way that aero works. Aero works, yeah. And so that was the big change. Now, the big change that they're going to do in 26 is with hybrid fuel. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously they're trying to make that because of a sustainability thing, because of a, a cost perspective yeah. and a technology advancement in relation to the real world thing. And so I think there's very important steps that they're making. It's, yeah. it's really hard to say you know i think they should 
semi overhaul the rules every two to three years because yeah that's true then cars are going to be flying here pretty soon that's true you know it, it makes it i guess it's more so not the rules itself but like and we get into i guess it's just like how do we bring people up or nerf people yeah bring them down to make it more even i guess it's more the point i'm making like yeah and we yeah and I mean, there's no answer, obviously. Yeah, there's right? no you, answer you know, yet. You yeah. think about how F1 has has changed and how the cars have changed over time. There's huge advancements. Some of yeah. them go, you know, some of them are stupid, and some of them, yeah, they'll keep and and that they can carry through. Uh, I think we also see the cars getting so much bigger, so much wider. Yeah, they need to make them smaller again. I think, and so much heavier. <laughs> yeah. So like we saw the overhaul of rules, and for. A lot of it, we were predicting that the cars were going to be slower than they were in 2020, yeah. 2021. So, I don't like even if you're changing the rules up That's true. in a in a big way, are you just slowing the cars down? And then what we're really doing is making the advancements less and making, you know, the yeah. the speed the point of Formula yeah. One. Yeah, of, no, know, that's I agree. I agree. I think it's it's tough. It's tough. I think it's just like it's just hard when you know it's one team. Well, you yeah. know, it's one single team. And that team. And I think, yeah, and that team too. <laughs> but it wouldn't, for me, it wouldn't even be like that, you know, our opinions aside of the teams. It would be annoying regardless of who it was. It'd be it worse be if it was Alpine. It'd be, well, yeah. It'd be way too French. <laughs> um, I think my point, so, is if you look back at, because people are going to raise their hand and be like, what about Merck for the entire hybrid area? Yes, they were the best. I'm not saying there can't be a best team. They're always going to be a best team because that's just how it works. Yeah. I'm saying there can't be a best team. If you look at that whole hybrid era, other than maybe 2016 when they won 19 of the 21 races, the rest of the years they did, it's, there was you seven, won. eight, nine races where other teams won because like at that track their car was better. Yeah, and I I don't think people like I think people they were the favorites going in every weekend yeah. for Mercedes, but you could talk yourself and other drivers or you could talk yourself into Vettel and Ferrari having something. You could talk yourself into Max winning a race. You want to have that arsenal. Yeah, you know you want to you want to have a team that can lead the championship and not win it because it's because it's so close. Yeah. You know what I mean? We want to see... And those battles went on late into the season. And, like, that's... I don't know. That's my point, so, is, like, even though they were the best team... I'm not saying there shouldn't be a best team. I'm not saying every team should be this. I'm saying, like, we should not have where one team... It's like, yes, these two... Like, these two drivers are going to finish one, two every race. We didn't have that, like, the entirety of the hybrid era. Like, yeah. there were tracks, like... There were I think moments. That's what, I think there were moments, but I think, like, there is... It's exciting when you have tracks and you're like, oh, this is a Ferrari track or like this is a Red Bull track, this yeah. is a Mercedes track, and like they're gonna dominate that track. And like right now, the gaps are you too had much. the gaps too much. Doesn't matter whose track is what. Like the big thing with I forget who's I guess it's I guess it's Ferrari have are, Ferrari's very good in the slow corners, right? Like they're mm-hmm. very good in slow corners this year. We're gonna get a bunch of chatter later this week. Oh, Monaco's gonna be Ferrari's track. We'll probably even get a Leclerc pro because that would be classic Leclerc. They're either gonna screw it up. Or it's not going to matter. They're going to double stack. Because. Or they're going to end up in the wall. The pace on the straights of the Red Bull is just so overwhelming. It doesn't It doesn't matter. They're going to be making. I guarantee you are going to see at Monaco some passes from Perez and Max. If they're not the first two. Mm-hmm. If they have to pass people. They're gonna, we're going to see passes where we've never seen pass at Monaco before. Because yep. their car is so far superior. They just turn it on. Yeah. yeah. And we have seen that at some of the tracks already. Yeah. Just some, some incredibly quick overtakes in spots where you. Would never have imagined. Yeah. It. Or cars that are just dispatched in a hundred meters after a corner. Oh yeah. Behind. I mean, it's like, just not even. It's just not even close. It's, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Well, in the in the spirit of this most chaotic podcast that we've had, 
let's get back to it. I'm going to give you a driver. Okay. <laughs> and I want you to give me your hottest rumor about them. Okay. All right. Fernando Alonso. <laughs> okay. So the easy one here is the Taylor Swift one, but I think that was confirmed dead. Yes. Um, hottest rumor? I don't know if... <laughs> or Aston Martin. Uh, As- doesn't have to be a rumor. Just give just me... something I think, think about them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say it. Okay, I kind of touched on this with Red Bull earlier, but the Aston Martin was astronomical this year. I know they got some people from Red Bull, I think, mm-hmm. this past year to help them and stuff. I think we're going to see, and this is a keen to, this is similar to a point people have made about Clemson football because of their meteoric rise with recruiting and stuff. I think we're going to see a massive Lawrence Stroll cheating scandal come out. Okay. Not like cheating like on his partner, like cheating on the sport within the next 10 years. I think we're going to see a massive. Okay. If I just make something juicy, like a hot take. Is it going to be in Williams and, and some like undercover payment, under the table payment? I think there's going to be, yeah, some kind of with Stroll and then with, there's going to be, I mean, he, I think within 10 years, if I had to do a hot take, there's going to be something that comes out where they somehow spent double the cost cap on this car to catch it up this year. Because them going from what you could argue last year was, I don't know, the eighth best car on the grid, the ninth best car on the grid. Yeah. They were so to enough to where Vettel retired and enough to where when Fernando said he was making his move to Aston Martin, we were like, are you stupid? Like, yeah. what do you mean you're doing to Aston Martin? For them to be so close at the start of this year mm-hmm. to the point where there was chatter during that first weekend of them getting pole, of Fernando getting yeah. pole in the first race and winning the race. That just, I mean, it's not like we switched eras, too. This is last year was the same era. Well, they did they did copy Red Bull, and Red Bull yeah. is so far ahead. So how much do they really have to copy to even just slot into that gap? Yeah, that's what I'm I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to be something with the copying where it's going to come out they copied way too much. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be something with, I mean, Warren Stroll, is a, he's a super villain, super villain, evil billionaire. Yeah. There's no way... That he kept this clean. It's going to be the same. His son's going to be involved somehow with how he stayed in the sports for so long because he's not bad, but like he's. Do you think we'll see mediocre at best? And he's. I know his dad owns part of the team, but I mean, I, I think there's going to be stuff that comes out. There's been jokes about it. There's definitely a clause with a payment in Alonzo's contract. We'll give you another twenty-five million if you're nice to Lance. Yep. Like I, was just about I to ask think that. this is going to be. I think this is going to be the same. Like this is going to. I think in ten years we're going to look back on it and be like, "Duh!" Like yeah. no, no duh that they caught up this much. Like I don't even know. Like they're going to be like, "Oh yeah!" Like Lawrence Stroll spent an extra two hundred million on the car, yeah. and I think it'll be something. If I'm going to full hot take here, it'll be something so catastrophic. Like he'll be banned from the sport. Like Aston Martin will just be banned from the sport. Like that'll be it. <laughs> That would be tough to see. I really do think, you know, I've, I was all, growing up an Aston Martin guy just in general. I yeah. love, love their cars. and <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I thought you meant like Formula One. And I'm like, you definitely weren't watching Formula One when you were like six. <laughs> no, I definitely wasn't. No. But, you know, you I was cars always. cars in general. Yeah, you have that. And I always love that. I'll always love that rear wing. Tyler, Tyler was in his, to be fair, you know, you know this. First race of the season we watched together. Tyre was in his Aston Martin shirt. Sure he's was. Always been the biggest Aston Martin fan. I've had it since before they were a team. Yes, you did have it since before. That is yeah. correct. That is correct. That is so, correct. So I, I <laughs> am a little bit disappointed that the team was never very likable. I think Lawrence 
kind of hovered oh, yeah. over it as just like a, and like I I very much enjoy seeing Alonzo's trolliness. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. To I can't stand it, but it's so good for the sport. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's hilarious. I think it's awesome to follow. And I think it's good for the sport and the fact that, you know, they're on the podium. It's a weird team. Yeah. They made such a huge jump. It gives us... It's not one of the normal three we've had for the last decade. Exactly. It's not one of the normal three And teams. it gives us hope that other teams can do something like that, right? So, mm-hmm. something to talk about. I think it's been awesome. But I, it is a little bit difficult not being able to, like, love that team. Because yeah. it's just such a weird atmosphere yeah. at that team. And, I don't know, one of the drivers, Yastrol, is, like, a good driver, but... It's hard to be like, yeah. It's how many how many stroll fans really are? Yeah, there? I mean it's, maybe a few in Canada. That's it's not it's not not. Shout out to our Canada followers, but it's okay. But, I'm gonna give you one now too. I'm trying to think of who the. Oh, I mean, we'll just go to his his best friend, I guess. Now on the grid, what's give me your what's going on with Lewis? What's gonna happen? What do you see Lewis this? in ten years? Uh, not not involved with Formula One. I think that'll be. A pretty easy I guess over the course of these ten years, how do you see his career playing out? Yeah, no, I see him sticking with Mercedes for his the rest of his career. Yeah, I don't see him leaving Mercedes either. I don't see it going very long. I think it's going to be difficult for him to leave when it does happen. I think 2026 is going to be that moment. Either he leaves before the new regs come, or he's in it for three think, more years. I think. I think one. One more, uh, if he wins, yeah. Yeah. So out. here's no. If he here's wins a championship, I think. He's I, out. Think, I think two things. I think when he gets his eighth title, he leaves. Right. I still think if he had gotten the eighth title in 2021, he would be gone. Still, like I think he'd be gone already. But yeah. My other thought is, if he doesn't get one for the new regs, I think he's going to give it one year in the new regs. If Mercedes get it really right in the new regs and he wins, can win a title, he'll do that year, and he either will win the title or it'll be they'll be off still again, and he'll be like, all right, I'm done. Because at that point, he'll be. 42, 43, something like that. So like, Alonzo, yeah. Yeah, it'll be like Alonzo's age. But like, but Alonzo will still be around. The, so. problem, the difference between Alonzo and Lewis is Alonzo is all F1. Mm-hmm. Lewis has so many other interests and yep. investments and businesses and so many other things that outside of Formula 1 that he does that like... Exactly. He's not like um, 100% like, like Formula 1's my everything. And like, yeah. he has so many other interests and stuff. Like, I think, I think he would do one year. But I agree with you. I think it's just going to be... If he wins the title, he's done. That's, here's here's yeah. what worries me about that is because I find it hard to see him winning a title right now because if Mercedes gets it right, the way George has been performing is really compelling. I think George has had incredible form with the car, and I yeah. think he's gelling with the car, and the car is setting up more so in his favor than it is with Lewis. Yeah. And although Lewis is driving the wheels off it a lot of times, I think George is still you know, obviously Mr. Consistent and up there yeah. and bagging points every week. So if that car becomes a contender, I think that internal battle could get a little bit spicy. Yeah. And I think it'd be hard for Toto to validate Lewis because George is a long-term plan. Exactly. I exactly. agree with that. I mean, this is maybe this is a hope of my own <laughs> as, as a Lando fan. But as soon as that seat comes open... Thanks for coming out, McLaren. Thanks for coming out. You like, think Lando? You think oh, Lando yeah. Ford? I mean, here's here's what I think. I think you got Max is going to be at Red Bull forever. Mm-hmm. That's locked in. Yep. You got Perez through 2025. I think it's going to keep... If Max keeps winning titles with Perez is second, Perez is a great teammate. He's a good, solid driver. I think they'll keep keeping him. And if he leaves, Ricardo will fill it. And if he leaves, Ricardo will just fill it. So I think that seat's not to worry about. Signs, 
as kind of, I mean, that's his peak is Ferrari. I think as long as he, he's either going to not perform well enough and he'll get dumped down lower or he will stay with Ferrari. Leclerc, all that chat about him, he's a Ferrari guy. Yeah. I think he's a Ferrari guy for life. He's, the, he's just screams Ferrari. George is going to be Mercedes forever. That leaves that second seat at Mercedes open. Or Mercedes open. Mm-hmm. McLaren stinks. Like I think Lando deserves it. I think sure. he deserves, out of the rest of the drivers on the grid, I think he would be the one that fills it in. He's young. Even if it's three, four years from now, he'll be 26 or whatever, mm-hmm. 27. You put him right in that seat, I think he deserves it. Yeah. And then you have, like, the, I don't know. That's just my opinion, I think. And maybe that's just a hope as a Lando fan. Like, <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think Mercedes has always fought to have one of the best driver pairings on the grid. And yeah. that's something that they have, have been able to do. They've had, yeah. And uh, I, I think Lando would fill that spot very well. Lando has had talks with Red Bull, as we found yeah. out. Uh, and other I think he could fill the – I think the problem with the Red Bull one is I think on merit you could argue him over Sergio – but they're not going to want – Lando would not be the one to, like, back down from – like, he's not going to back down from Max or, like, no. back – he's – and Red Bull's not going to want that. They want someone who would be submissive and be like, you're going to be okay taking second place. Yeah. Which is why I think ultimately, and we both said this, is going to be the long-term guy there. I think – he's at the point in his career where he'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll finish on the podium every weekend. Exactly. I don't need to win. Yep. I'm making all this money. Like, that's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's back in the sport. I think that's yeah. something that he thrives on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do we go? Do we go for some more here, or do we wrap this one up? Let's do one more. All right, All one right. more. Um, what's 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 the, what's thing? Of one more thing to talk about, or one more person? Do we ever do? I guess we never really fully did our twenty twenty four driver thing because we had discussed doing that, but we never really fully talked about it. Um, I was trying to look through our podcast. I don't think we posted anything. We never. We never really fully talked about it on an episode because I think mine were mine are looking a little bit better now. Well, we, we both had – we'll just touch on that real quick. So we both had – since we did an episode on it, we both had Ricardo going to Red Bull next year already. I don't know about that because Checo's been good this year. Checo's been very good. I think good. it could be end of Checo's contract. They could yeah. do it. Um, I think the big one was we thought Sonoda would leave and get replaced. Yeah, we thought Sonoda would be replaced. I think, we had, would dip. I think we had Iowasa and uh, – I had Iowasa, yeah. Yeah, on Alphatari. And Sargent would also dip. Um, I think the interesting – yeah – I, we kind of touched on it with that. I think, you know, within the coming years, I think you're going to see either – I think you're going to see Max Ricardo at Red Bull yeah. within – if you had to go five years from now, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see Max Ricardo at Red Bull. I think you're going to see Leclerc and somebody at Ferrari, whether that's signs or who's that dude that's tearing it up in F – The seven The Oport share, but who's this, like the 17-year-old kid that's been dominating? I think it's F3. He's a Ferrari junior driver. It's He's pretty Arthur. famous. Not Arthur, no. Arthur's F2 now. That's right. There's some 17-year-old that I forget his name. Is it just me or have we been hearing less about F3 and F2? Yeah, like they have not talked about it at all. They haven't had any they support races or like... Um, they have had support races. They just haven't just talked about been, it at all. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be Leclerc and somebody Ferrari. I think it'll be Lando and George at Mercedes. And then throwing down the rest of the grid, I think Piastri is going to be long-term at McLaren. At least for now, unfortunate um, for him. Unfortunate yeah. for him, but I think that's how it's going to be. Um, but you have like Iowasa coming up. I Porsche is definitely going to get a seat at some point. He's done too much down there. Mm-hmm. Drogovic, maybe you could argue for a seat. He won F two. He's like a DeVries. I feel like he'll get but, locked in as a reserve somewhere. Yeah, so I think I, Iowasa Porsche this phenom kid that's in F three right now. I can't remember what I, I need to find. We need to look. I need to look. 
Daruvula has been doing well as well. Daruvula has been doing good. Is there anybody else from a few who who got signed up as the Aston Martin reserve driver? That was that was Drugovich. Drugovich, yeah. This is great podcasting, by the way. Yeah, I think we'll see some young guys <laughs> though. I mean, if we really think down the grid, like Albon, I could see him getting promoted to the likes of like an Alpine. I think Gasly yeah. probably sticks around. I'm not sure. Okan and Gasly, I could see honestly staying there for a while, depending on if that car gets good again, how spicy they get, just racing together. Uh, I th- Bottas coming out and saying he was going to stick around for a while was really interesting. Yeah, and I think he's, we talked about this before, he's got the talent for it. Yeah. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. First of all, he's fun to have in the sport. Everyone seems to like him. And he's been a great supporting driver and a He's just a that, good vet. Yeah, he's a good vet in the. For sure. Um, oh, Olivier, Olivier Berman, this guy. Oliver Beerman. Oliver Beerman. <laughs> Oliver Bearman. It's probably Olivier, though, right? It's going to be Olivier Berman. Yeah, he was like born that. in... T- he was, this is going to make you feel old. He was born in 2005. Jeez. <laughs> um, he's a, I think he's in F3 right now, and he's been, like, dominating F3. Like, that could be someone you see. Um, who? I guess, who, more so, who do you think is going to... Uh, who do you think exits? Like, five years from now, like... I think Lewis is gone five years from now. Yeah. If you had to bet, I think Alonso in five years is probably gone. I mean, you're looking at think, 48 I think years old on that fifth year. He's yeah. Gone. I think you're <laughs> at 48 years old. Like, you're getting close to like. I mean, he's just getting like once you start approaching 50, that's insane. But um, I think Alonso's gone. I try. Is there anyone? I guess Perez would be like the next older driver, oldest driver. Perez and him and Bottas. Perez. Definitely I think Perez gone. and Bottas are on the edge of their careers. That's the end, near the end for both of them. Yeah, five I think years. Perez has maybe two more years. Yeah, until because he... he's got a family and everything too. And exactly. I don't. Yeah. Um, I can see Bottas still here when he's thirty-seven ish, thirty-eight. Ocon. Ocon. I hope he's gone to French. Gasly. <laughs> Gasly's not too French, though. Gasly will still be here. Gasly's gonna be. He's gonna be like a I, I don't know what you call him like a lifer like he once he got in it like he'll be in it until he he'll retires. end up like, like a, a Bottas. He's a good enough driver to where yeah I think he'll go to some like he might maybe he goes back to Alfatori Albon. <laughs> uh, I think he's out. I don't after his after his. The problem is unless he gets promoted up to a team, I just don't. There's no way Williams keeps a driver for five years. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think he has the potential to go up to like an Alpine. He could go up to like an Alpine or something. Maybe he joins Gasly once Ocon's gone. Yeah, for being too French. Just well, too the, the, French. the whole team is too. French. It's the whole team is too French. But Gasly's not, Gasly has a pass on that. That, but the rest <laughs> of the team is too French. Otmar stinks. I mean, they're they're not happy. With it. We haven't even talked about that. How yeah. terrible Alpine's been. That can be for another that's episode. That's such a they've weird. Been, they <laughs> that's been a weird dynamic. They've been so underperforming and like, I don't know. That's just, just cool been, with it. And cool with it. Yeah, they've just been chill. Like, and that uh, owners like this is not. I mean, we thought for sure. You and I both said. They had that hype video. As soon as we saw Zidane, we said world championship. <laughs> Here we come. <laughs> Because when you have a spokesperson like that, you're at what you think, world championship. I mean, they had 800 spokespeople. I think they were really yeah. spreading themselves a little too thin. Oh, yeah. They were like a, they were like a protein company. Yeah. You with, could, <laughs> like the, anyone who had 10K followers, they were like, go ahead and be an ambassador for yeah. Alpine. No, I mean, you could tell during that, that hype video, Laurent Rossi was very keen on them cracking the top three. And, yeah. And now they're sitting at fifth. And so the movie a back clear fifth, has a been, clear fifth. It's yeah. not; they're not even close to the top four. No, and it's been very obvious. Yeah, and yeah. I think Otmar has 
just not really address that fact. And, and it doesn't seem like anything's coming out of that team that they're disappointed until Lawrence said something yeah. very publicly. And I think it's been kind of an odd dynamic because it almost seems like Otmar, Otmar is so comfortable in that job that he's not going to get sacked. Yeah. When, like, I don't know, the CEO just publicly shaming you and your performance like <laughs> i don't know how that works i don't know it's how so that's odd. that would be so tough to be like you think about it like a normal job if you like a critical review it's like oh like yeah. not good like imagine being publicly shamed yeah. at your job and finding out about it yeah and finding out through like twitter yeah. <laughs> like my boss is not happy with me i just found out on twitter um all right well that kind of i think this has been the most chaotic episode we've ever done um by, by i think it was time. funny though a um, couple things heading into the summer. Um, once Tyler stops being busy, <laughs> um, very soon here, we're going to up the number of podcasts. We're going to up the, the content in general, try to get the YouTube going, uh, get some more Instagram reels out there and things like that and more stuff on Twitter. Uh, we're looking to opening a little merch store this summer. Um, a lot of new things. So, I mean, that's exciting. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, but... Keep your eyes out. Keep your eyes out. Um, quick, give me one prediction for Monaco. Monaco, Perez. Perez, okay. I was going to say Perez as well because it's a street circuit. I think we're both kind of hoping that too so that the race, like, <laughs> if Max starts getting a couple wins here, it's going to be over pretty quick with this. Um, I feel like I feel like it'd be very easy to see a repeat of last year's Monaco. I, Literally, Charles yeah. in the wall, Max yeah. can't finish his quality lap. I need – okay, so realistically, I'd go Perez – I think a you and me, like, both hoping, like, in a perfect world, like, just for fun. Like, it would, you know, if, if everyone if everyone in the grid is like, hey, like, what if we joked around, like, for fun this week? We, like, did this, like, maybe really wet qualifying and the top four team, the top two team, like, the top couple teams have trouble. and Go straight on the first turn. Go straight in the first turn and all of a sudden Lewis Hamilton's in first. And well, he's part of the top 14. Well, so I, well I, I meant more like Lando the, Norris is yeah. what you're really hoping. Well, for. yeah, that'd be too unrealistic. I'm trying to go <laughs> a little realistic. I think I think the Ferraris. I'm gonna go with Leclerc. Leclerc winning would be awesome too. I'll Leclerc go, winning Monaco would be awesome. I'll go Leclerc on the podium. Perez, Perez winning. The Perez race. winning Max in second. Uh, or a Max DNF. Are you bold enough to predict a Max DNF? DeVries goes into the back of Max. Oh, yeah, from 20th? Is he going to jump? Is he going to ramp up over the cars? How's he going to even touch Max? He you won't even. Know. DeVries will never, unless he's getting lapped by Max, he's not going to sniff that other Red Bull. Coming out of the- he might never see. He might go the whole season without seeing the Red Bull. He, he, well, he could pull in Alonzo and see yeah, the Red Bulls yeah. overtaking other cars. Yeah, I guess a dream, dream world, you have a wet start to the race. Oh, no, the top four teams all go straight on. Who's there to pick up the pieces in P9, potentially? Lionel Norris. So we have... <laughs> just think about this. Everyone, everyone to go home. Everyone who's listening to this, after this ends, just to think about this. It's a monsoon, but not enough to delay the race like it did last year. It's a monsoon. We gotta be All of a sudden... It's a monsoon right now. All, okay, yeah, sure. It's a safe monsoon. Everything's draining into the ocean. <laughs> They're, on a a They're on a hill. It's it, raining. It's slightly raining. It's slightly raining. <laughs> Um, you know, let's do this actually. Here we go. All the top four teams, Lando qualifies P9 because we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. All the top four teams pulling Alonzo from last year to Austria, tire blankets on. 
every single one of them. <laughs> so they can't start. So you get not only you get chaos to start, but then Lando goes and gets way ahead. The top four teams have to go trolley back to the pits with their tire covers still on to take them off. Actually, no, they don't even go back to the pits. They have to get out of the car themselves and take them off and get back in the car. And then Lando goes on to win the Monaco Grand Prix. Tell me that doesn't... I mean... You're really committed to this being a very chaotic podcast, aren't you? Yeah. I'm just <laughs> trying to think. Like, it just... Anyways. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Realistic Monaco prediction. I, I want to... Like, it would be awesome to see Leclerc potentially win. And I think it, it's... Monaco is a Mickey Mouse enough track that, like... He could get pole and win if there's not a drama. I'm throwing in Bottas top eight. Bottas top eight. I'll throw in. Give me sergeant points. <laughs> We're trying to get hot takes here. We see DeVries going into the wall. Uh, yeah, I think. What do you think that betting odds? Do you think it's minus odds for him to crash? <laughs> Over the weekend or just the race? Over the weekend. <laughs> Over the weekend. Like, at it, least a front wing. Yeah, I think if you if you had like if if Fandle had betting odds, Fandle please sponsor us. If Fandle had betting odds for DeVries to crash, it'd probably be like, it would probably be pretty well. It'd probably be like plus one fifty. Like it would probably be pretty good. <laughs> We've been saying we were gonna do a betting segment for a while. Yeah, do you want to do a bet? Do you want to should we lock one in now before? I don't even know if the odds are up right now. No, we don't need to do odds. Just we can. What are we going to hammer? What are we going to hammer? Well, it's, well, it's got to be something for qualifying because we don't want to do anything for the race because like, this is a race that qualifying is so impactful. Mm-hmm. What are we personally going to put our own money on for Monaco in qualifying? Like who? I, based on what we can bet on, I'll go Charles Pohl. Yeah, I think that's what we do. We have to ride this together. I think Charles Pohl is what we bet. That's, that'll, probably be like, that'll probably be pretty juicy. Like plus, I don't know. It'll be like 500, 600 maybe? Nah, less than that. You think so? Because usually, like, the, the first odds, couple races, like, Alonso is plus 500, and then... The odds on Formula 1 is are terrible. It's usually just Red Bull minus, like, 150, and the everybody else. The spreads are gross. It's literally, like, odds that you'll finish top 10, and then 14 of the 20 drivers are minus, minus odds. odds. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense for that. Uh, then, like, the odds to win the race are, like... The Red Max. Bull drivers are minus. Everyone else is, like, a ridiculous plus odds. Anyone outside like the top six is like plus twenty thousand to yep. win the race. Yep. Um, all right, what do we? This has gone way off the rails here. I apologize. It was never on the rails. It was never on the rails, but it was fun. Um, we'll see you guys in Monaco. Yeah, sounds good. See you then. Goodbye. <laughs>